0: Heyo! Welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of the TFA Dino Show. I'm Robbie Jeffries, and I'm rolling solo tonight. So Tom and I have been just missing each other on our availability. Uh, we missed last week, we we're missing most of this week. He's free one day, I'm free another, and we couldn't make you guys wait any longer because there's so much news coming out this week with all free agency, last week with all the the tags, franchise tags being signed. So I'm here tonight uh, to give you guys just a quick recap on some of the bigger dynasty implications that we've seen from free agency and the uh, franchise tags being signed so far. And it's a nice little break, right, from our rookie coverage. Um, We hope you guys have been enjoying our guests that we've had on. Uh, We've covered rookie quarterbacks. We've covered rookie running backs and wide receivers. And pretty soon we'll be hitting on the tight ends because there is a few tight ends that uh, we need to talk about. It's not this boring tight end class. We actually have a pretty solid top-heavy uh, rookie tight end class coming out for 2021. Uh, but for the meat of this show tonight, we are talking free agents. I'm sure you guys have been getting uh, Twitter notifications from Adam Schefter every single hour, like I have. I've loved it. It's been great to see. So let's dive right in. Dak Prescott starting off with the quarterbacks. He, you know, this seems like it was almost a couple months ago that he signed, right? before the franchise tag deadline the cowboys and dak were able to sign an extension 4 years 160 million so this finally got done this is a deal that cowboys fans like myself have been waiting on for over a year you know some who don't you know follow this this team quite as closely might have thought that he's been going to that he might have gone elsewhere. Um, there's been rumors that he might go to the Broncos or he might go, uh, you know, maybe the Cowboys will pursue Russell Wilson and, and, and Dak goes there. Um, a lot of that was just kind of uh, flair, uh, just for stories, uh, things to write, things to talk about. Uh, Dak has always said he wanted to stay here in Dallas. Uh, the Cowboys have always said that they want Dak to be their long-term quarterback, um, kind of that, fra- that franchise quarterback that he's been the last couple of years. And so we knew this deal was going to get done. It was just a matter of when, and going into 2020, when I did my projections, I had Dak as my QB2. Uh, I noted that the defense was going to be horrendous. You know, we added C.D. Lamb. So this was an offense that featured Zeke, Amari Cooper, uh, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Even Blake Jarwin had a lot of um, pop going on preseason before his injury in week one. So, you know, I'm going to go right back to that, that mindset. I'm not worried about Dak's injury uh, for 2021 or his long-term health. I'm going to have him as a top two or three dynasty quarterback when I go back through and update this, um, update my rankings after all the free agency is kind of complete or at least slowed down a little bit. Um, he'll probably be right right behind Patrick Mahomes. I'll have Josh Allen up there as well. Um, but yeah, Dak will probably slide in as QB two or three. I really like him in this offense. Um, they're going to score a lot of points that we saw in the first five weeks. You know, He was averaging 30 points per game before he left early in week five of this season. Um, to just compare that, Josh Allen finished the 2020 season as the QB1, averaging 25.3 points per game. So, you know, obviously that probably wasn't a clip that Dak would continue the entire season, but it just shows how crazy uh, that offense was rolling when they had um, their full complement of weapons. You know, the other uh, big quote-unquote uh, signing for quarterbacks was Taysom Hill. Um, they extended him. He got four years, $140 million. And, you know, while that sounds nice and dandy off the surface, you know, I think there are a couple of things to read between the tea leaves here. You know, all of his years are voidable. He has no dead cap after two seasons. So this is really just um, because the Saints are in such a kind of cap purgatory right now. This is just to help spread out um, his contract that they gave him before the 2020 season. And so um, it's going to be interesting because they also gave James Winston a one year, $12 million deal. So we're talking about two quarterbacks that are going to be competing for that starting job. There's a lot of talk o- on Twitter and, and there's two camps, right? There's a lot of people that think Hill's going to be the starter. He did fill in when breeze went out with injury uh, this past season, uh, but then there's a lot of people on the James Winston side as well. You know, the better, more traditional quarterback, the traditional passing quarterback um, where Taysom Hill is more of a gadget player, um, uh, a dual threat quarterback, if you will. So, you know, I, I tend to fall into the Jameis Winston camp. I do think if you give him a full off season with Sean Payton, I, I do think he uh, wins that job, but I'm not sold on it. Uh, you know, Sean Payton really likes Taysom Hill. That's why they've kept him around. That's why they gave him a big contract last year. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this transpires. I will have Jameis ranked higher, but uh, you know, for super flex leagues, I do think Taysom Hill carries a lot of appeal Um, Because even if he's not the starting quarterback, you know, he does his little gimmick seven to ten times per game. Gets you a rushing touchdown every other game. And if anything is to happen with Jameis, he doesn't perform. He gets hurt. Taysom's right in there. And we saw him, you know, as a top 15 quarterback over the four weeks that he was a starter with Drew Brees out. So there's definitely a lot of appeal here for fantasy, for Superflex leagues. If you've been hanging on to Winston, uh, keep hanging on. Um, I do think he wins that job, but Taysom Hill is also an intriguing uh, person to hang on to in Superflex. Let's move over to my man, Andy Dalton. The Cowboys are not going to be able to retain him, right? He gets an offer from the Bears, one year, $10 million. Um, you know, he he showed really well once Dak went out for the Cowboys. There was up and down games, but he was dealing with third and four string offensive linemen. Um, he was dealing, you know, just with an offense that was kind of dysfunctional for, for a couple uh, weeks there he really put things together, you know, for part of that season. He was actually a QB one from weeks 10 to 17. You know, once he got back from his own concussion, he also got injured in that 2020 season. Um, and, and that was again, with a patched up line and he was still getting it done. So, you know, I think we move on to the bears here and you have Alan Robinson who just tonight uh, signed his uh, franchise tag. we were worried that maybe he's going to try and hold out. He's going to not want to play for the bears. They're not giving him the the weapons that he wants to compete for a Super Bowl. Well, they bring in Kenny Galladay for a visit. He has not signed as of this podcast, but um, I'm sure that enticed him a little bit. And then Andy Dalton, while it's not a sexy name, it's probably going to be one of the better quarterbacks that he's played with um, in his career, which is just sad to say. But, uh, you know, facts are facts, right? So um, it also came out tonight that Andy Dalton did receive assurances from management uh, that he would be the starter. So I think we have to look at Andy Dalton as a full 16-week starter. And in Superflex leagues, that is very important. I think Andy Dalton can absolutely be a QB2 for you if you're trying to go cheap at that QB2 or at worst, your your QB3 that you throw in in good matchups. So he's another guy that I think um, carries a lot of Superflex value. Um, He's definitely an early second, mid-second rookie pick price um, for his trade value. Again, uh, we move over to Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're talking about another good QB3 option for your Superflex Dynasty Leagues here. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick goes to the Washington football team. He also gets $10 million on a one-year deal. You know, he's 39, so we're not looking at him long-term. We've been thinking that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, is is on the retirement block, right? You know, the last couple years we've been saying he's going to retire, he's going to retire. You know, he's kind of like Larry Fitzgerald where he just keeps on – uh, keeping on. Right. And, and here he is with his ninth NFL team. You know, I really like this move for the Washington football team. He's a guy that can push the ball down the field for Terry McLaurin. Um, he's going to compete with Taylor Heineke for that starting job. He was not, you know, unlike Andy Dalton, he was not guaranteed to be the starter. So he's going to have to battle um, for that position, which I do think he wins as great as Taylor Heineke was la- end of the season last year. I do think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick offers more from a quarterback standpoint Um uh, we'll see if Washington pursues a rookie quarterback. If Mac Jones in this 2021 draft falls to them at 19, you know, maybe he comes in and and they make it a three-way competition that remains to be seen. But for right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick definitely is a viable option. He's probably a a low and second or third round pick. Um, If you're trading for him, probably won't get him for a third, to be honest. Because, um, you know, quarterbacks are just hoarded in these super flex leagues. So you probably have to pay a second. But I do think that Fitzpatrick, again, is another option if you're looking for a starting quarterback and you don't want to pay up for a rookie or for a Russ Wilson, a Deshaun Watson, you know, someone like that. He's absolutely capable of being your quarterback, too. You know, through the first six games with the Dolphins this past season, when he was the starter, he was the QB eight, So he's absolutely a QB1. You know, he has his games up and down. He's going to throw some interceptions, but he's, um, you know, he's – able to go out there and throw for three touchdowns and 400 yards. So, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, again is another option here if you're looking to go cheap at your quarterback 2 or quarterback 3 position. You know, and finally to round out the quarterbacks, we got to talk about my guy Cam. I have him in too many leagues uh in Superflex and uh, Dynasty and he's always making me sweat. You guys, he he's he's always kind of in this position where you don't feel like he has long-term value and he still doesn't. He he only got well one year um, $5.1 million deal from the Patriots, but he does have about $6.6 million of incentives if he starts the whole season. He has some other in- incentives as well that can basically get that contract up to $13.6 million if he hits all those incentives. So this is really a deal where they are not committing to him, but they're bringing him back as a, hey, if we can't get somebody in the in the draft, if we don't have you know a bunch of options, we're comfortable rolling out Cam Newton. And from a fantasy standpoint, you can say what you want. From from an actual NFL standpoint, you can say Cam's washed up. He doesn't have it. He he can't throw anymore. You know, from a a fantasy standpoint, here's the facts. He was a QB1 in half of his games. In eight of the 16 games he played, he was a top-12 quarterback, and that was with him throwing to Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird and Julian Edelman for a couple weeks, and that's it, guys. So if he gets, you know, some of these weapons that that we've seen the Patriots bring in in this free agency now – they're not huge, amazing weapons, right? But they're Johnny Smith, they're Hunter Henry, uh, Nelson Aguilar. You know, there are some options here that are better than what he had before, right? So they are moving in a certain direction that should help Cam if he is indeed the starter come 2021. Again, talking about Mac Jones, is he there at 15 for them in the draft? If they if he is, I do think they probably take him. So there would be a quarterback competition there, but I, I think Cam Newton's probably at least the starter for the beginning of the season, and if they don't end up taking a quarterback early, he's probably that quarterback for all 16 games as he was in 2020, and he's definitely a usable fantasy asset in Superflex leagues. Okay, let's quickly hit on some running backs. Aaron Jones kind of hit things off last Friday. He got a four-year, $48 million deal from the Packers, which I think is the best-case scenario for all parties involved. Some people were looking forward to him going to Miami or him going somewhere else maybe to Arizona, but he stays with the Packers, and I honestly think that's the best-case scenario because Jamal Williams is no longer going to be there. It's just going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and while I do think A.J. Dillon does kind of take away some potential red zone carries and and the touchdown upside that we saw from Aaron Jones in 2019, um, I I do think that this is better for Aaron Jones from a PPR perspective, right? So the last couple of seasons, he's been right underneath that 50 reception mark, um, getting, you know, in the 60s for targets. And I think now with Jamal Williams out of town, you know, this is where Aaron Jones can really shine. He's going to be on the field for those two-minute drills where Jamal Williams was before. I think 75 targets is within his wheelhouse now. It's within his grasp. So if he loses a few rushing touchdowns, you know, I'm not worried about that. If he keeps about seven or eight um, in that range. I absolutely think he makes up for it by increasing his reception total, you know, up in the the high fifties, maybe even getting 60 receptions uh, in this upcoming season. So Aaron Jones stock is back up. I was worried there for a bit. I had him down in the teens and and now I'll probably move him back up. Just probably right outside top 12. Maybe he'll sneak into my top 12 because we've seen that last two seasons, he's been running back two and running back five on this really, really um, potent offense led by Aaron Rodgers. So you know dynasty wise you know some of these other guys are a little bit younger um, i do like them but aaron jones has regained a lot of the value that i was worried him about him losing if he went to another team news just broke today actually um, as we sit here on thursday evening that kenyon drake was signed by the raiders uh, he got a 2 year 11 million dollar deal which is the second highest deal so far for running backs and this is a really interesting signing because it kind of makes you scratch your head at what what the raiders are doing Uh, they're in Las Vegas. Um, they have Josh Jacobs, right? They lose Devontae Booker. He heads out of town. And and so they do have a need behind Josh Jacobs, but they give Kenyon Drake $11 million, which is not chump change by any means, right? Um, We saw Jamal, Jamal Williams get seven and a half. We saw Carlos Hyde get 6 million. And so he's getting in between this starter money and backup money where he'll be involved, right? He's probably going to be this pass catching back for the Raiders because we just haven't seen that from Josh Jacobs yet at the NFL level through his two seasons. So I think this hurts and drops uh, Josh Jacobs a little bit. Again, this is not a long-term deal. It's just two years, but um, I've moved Josh Jacobs down just a bit in, in my dynasty rankings. He'll probably wind up kind of near where Aaron Jones is uh, maybe right above him, maybe running back 12, running back 13, um, so, yeah, it's really close between uh, those two in, in the rankings, but this definitely kind of caps uh, Jacobs' ceiling um, from a PPR standpoint, and he's definitely not going to be seeing any more than the, the 30 high 20s catches that he's gotten in the first two seasons. Let's talk about Aaron Jones's former running back mate, Jamal Williams. He does move on. He goes to the Lions. He gets two years, $7.5 million. You know, I, I really don't change my overall evaluation on Jamal Williams. I think he's always been a back that's there um, when he's in the starting rotation. He's somebody that you can roll out. He's never going to wow you. He's never going to win you your fantasy week, but he's a guy that, that gets consistent carries even in a backup role. And I think he'll do the same with the lines behind DeAndre Swift. Swift was is not a guy that's going to be getting, you know, 250, 300 touches, um, carries at least I should say in a season. You know, I, I see him more of it as the Aaron Jones type of back, right? Where he's getting around 200 carries, getting another 50 catches, and that's type that's his type of role in that offense. And then Jamal Williams spells him, gets maybe 125 carries, another 25 catches on in his own right, and is there if DeAndre Swift goes down. So, you know, I, I don't love Jamal Williams as a player, but he's again in a role in a good situation on a Lions team that should run quite a bit. So, um, he does have value, right? He, he, you got to look at it and, and say that he does have value, even though I don't love the player. So if you, if you need some depth, at uh, your running back position in your dynasty leagues, I think he's a guy that will get, you know, maybe eight to 10 touches per game, um, in this upcoming season, let's round out the running backs with Carlos Hyde. He goes to the Jaguars, uh, two years, $6 million deal. And I think this is the best case scenario for, people who are really excited about J-Robin and, and I should say really anxious about J-Rob J. because, you know, there's been talk about them bringing in competition, bringing in um, stuff to boot people to boost up that running back room that behind him is just probably one of the worst in the league. Uh, but now they bring in Carlos Hyde. And I think that Hyde is a good enough player where they actually might not bring anybody else in, right? Like Carlos Hyde obviously has his ties with Urban Meyer back from his Ohio state days. I, they might still bring in a pass catcher because, even though Carlos Hyde can do that. James Robinson can do that. That's not their specialty. So maybe they still do that in the draft, but we knew James Robinson wasn't going to get 86% of the carries like he did in 2020. Um, That was going to go down. They were going to bring in somebody. And I think this is a name where you're not worried about them. Carlos Hyde supplanting James Robinson. We'll have to see what happens in the draft. They can always bring in somebody else, but uh, James Robinson, honestly stock up for his dynasty, because I think this, solidifies him as the lead back. We'll see what they do in the draft again, but I'm going to have him as probably a top 15, maybe 16, 17 running back in dynasty. Whereas I had him kind of running back 20 or outside my top 20 running backs, just because I wasn't sure where this off season would lead. And I think this is a big uh, chip so far. And and he kind of jumps inside that top 20 for me. I do have to talk about one other running back real quick. So Phillip Lindsay had his tender removed, by Denver. So he is on his outs in Denver because um, the Broncos brought in Mike Boone, formerly of the Vikings. And and I think this is a sneaky sign that'll go overlooked by a lot of your dynasty league mates. You know, he only got, you know, I think it's $2.5 million, Mike Boone, a really small deal. But behind Melvin Gordon, who I might point out that he has only played one full season of 16 games, you know, they have Rolls Royce Freeman, right? Big, big Royce. And that's it. So I'd like Mike Boone to compete with uh, Royce Freeman here for that backup spot behind Melvin Gordon. And we've seen Mike Boone have a little bit of success um, when, when the Vikings lost Alvin Cook and Alexander Madison in the fantasy playoffs a couple seasons ago. So I kind of like Mike Boone. Take a look at your dynasty waiver wire. See if he's out there. Just give him a speculative ad just to see what happens and what shakes out in this Broncos backfield. All right, let's move to wide receiver. This is a really interesting free agency um, class that, you know, the top guys haven't really been signed until just recently. And some of these lower guys were getting a bunch of money, but let's start out with the guys that were franchise tagged. Uh, Chris Godwin, I think is, is the first guy that comes up for me. You know, he's coming back to the Bucks on a franchise tag. He has signed it. You know, this is interesting because again, we have that dynamic of Mike Evans is there and Chris Godwin. Can Tom Brady support two top, you know, what, 15 wide receivers? I think we found out for the most part they probably can't. Now, Evans was actually pretty good when Godwin came back from injury. Weeks 9 through 16, Evans was a top 8 wide receiver. But Godwin was kind of struggling. He was down there at wide receiver 22. Um, He's just outside that top 20 wide receiver. So he can support two top 24 wide receivers. But Godwin and Evans being on the same team, kind of they drag each other down a little bit. And Evans, with that touchdown upside that he has in any given week, um, I think that makes him a little bit more valuable. Um, Godwin does have a couple years on him in age, um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to temper my expectations on Godwin because I was maybe excited for him to go somewhere else where he didn't have to share um, that that those targets with an alpha wide receiver like Mike Evans. Moving over to Allen Robinson, you know, this is a player I was worried that might be um, a name that would sit out this season as he was not happy um there in Chicago but like I said when we talked about Andy Dalton it sounds like you know he's starting to um, come around to the idea of playing in Chicago for another year he actually signed his tag um, a couple hours before I jumped on the recording here and so you know let's see what happens here in Chicago Andy Dalton I said is a serviceable quarterback he can get Allen Robinson the ball he'll probably be Allen Robinson's best quarterback he's played with so I think this is very intriguing for Allen Robinson you know, he, he's gotten in the 150, 160, 140 targets every single season. Now, what can he do um, with somebody who can maybe just do a little bit more than what we've seen from Mitch Trubisky, you know, Blake Bortles, and some of these other quarterbacks who he's played with in the past? You know, the Corey Davis signing was really interesting. He goes to the Jets three years, 37 and a half million dollars. I'm super torn on this because, on one hand, he feels like an ultimate sell. He's going to a Jets offense that I really like that they brought in Mike LaFleur. I think he's going to be a great offensive mind for, for this team, and he's really going to kind of shake things up from what we saw under Adam Gase. Um, but we, they also have Denzel Mims there, and I don't know who their quarterback is. Is it Sam Darnold? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields? I, I think this offense can be really good, but I'm not sure you're, you're going to be able to rely on Corey Davis in a week-in, week-out situation. Um, I think some weeks are going to be Mims, some weeks uh, they're going to lean on the run, um, as we saw them do in San Francisco when LaFleur was the offensive coordinator there. I think Corey Davis is is going to have a lot of value because this is, is a pretty big contract, and on paper he probably looks better than Mims, who hasn't quite put it all together yet after a rookie season. Um, I, I a not great rookie season, I should say. So I just, I'm not sure if, if that juice is worth the squeeze. And I personally have Corey Davis as a selfer for, for me right now. So yeah, take that with what, uh, what you will. Uh, he can definitely be good for some weeks, but from a long-term dynasty perspective, I think this is time to cash out on Corey Davis and find, um, you know, a younger wide receiver to get behind. Kind of piggybacking off that mindset, I'll talk about Curtis Samuel, who got three years, thirty-four and a half million dollars. He is now reunited with Ron Rivera in Washington. You know, this is a player that Ron Rivera said he was going to go after in free agency. This was a destination we all but knew was going to come together uh, for Kurt- Curtis Samuel. And here's here's what's going to be interesting about this situation is there's already Terry McLaurin. We already have Logan Thomas there. Antonio Gibson gets receptions. J.D. McKissick gets receptions. I just don't know how much there is left for Curtis Samuel. I think he's honestly a better football player than he is a fantasy football player because he's just not going to get consistent work, right? He might get a couple end arounds. He might get a couple jet sweeps. He can get you know five to six targets a game, but I do not think that this is the type of offense that can have a top, top eight tight end, have a top 10 wide receiver have a top 10 running back and then also have Curtis Samuel produce on top of all that. So if I'm picking one person to not be consistent in fantasy, it's going to be Curtis Samuel. And again, with a new contract, a big contract, three years, 34 and This is another player I would be selling high on another Thursday signing that we saw was Will Fuller going to the dolphins one year. It just came out that it's about $10 million deal. And with some incentives to earn up to an additional 3 million, you know, if you guys have listened to me before, I'm n- I've am i never been the huge Will Fuller guy. He just hasn't been a guy you can depend on consistently. Now this past year, I, I started to have to eat some of those those words because he did um, kind of manage to stay on the field for quite a while until he didn't. You know, it wasn't injury this time. It was um, a PED suspension that will go into next year. He will miss week one for sure uh, for the, the Dolphins there, you know. I'm still going to be out on him. I'm sorry. I, I just can't trust this guy um, for a full 16-game season. You know, unless his ADP settles outside of the top 30 wide receivers in Dynasty, you know, I'm going to be out on him um, until that happens. Because, you know, as much as I do like um, Chua and this this offense that I think they're building in Miami, I don't think they can have Parker, Mike Gesicki, and Will Fuller all eat because they don't throw it enough. Currently, with with Tua, so we'll see what shakes out in Miami. There's probably some other pieces to fall into place here, but as of right now, I do not think this is a great landing spot. And for Dynasty wise, this is just a one year deal. So can he land somewhere else and regain value? Go to the Packers next year? Who knows? Um, some other better destination maybe. Uh, but right now, I'm still keeping him outside my top thirty wide receivers. Let's round things out. I know there's a couple other wide receiver signings. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, two years, twenty six million. And Marvin Jones, two years, 14.5 million, million. Uh, Algalo run to the Pats, Marvin Jones going to the Jags, and, and a handful of other wide receivers that have been signed. But I will save that chatter for Tom and I when we get together next week. Let's talk tight ends real quick before I get out of here. You know, the 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 one that I really loved right away was Johnny Smith, Patriots, four years, 50 million. I was like, this this is great. Even if you know Cam isn't a high volume passing guy, I don't think he's long for being the Patriots quarterback. Johnny Smith could continue his ascension as just an uber athlete that just needs the targets. And I thought this would be a great spot for him. I didn't think the rest of the tight end room had much competition. And what do the Patriots go and do? What does Billy B go and do? They go and sign Hunter Henry, three years, 37 and a half million. Thanks for joining the fray too busy of a room, not enough volume. I hate <laughs> this entire situation now. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because these are two guys that I had as top 12 tight ends Johnny was inside my my top ten, and I actually kind of jumped off the Hunter Henry bandwagon this past year. You know, as, as kind of the leader of the people propping him up year after year. You know, we just never really get the payoff with Hunter Henry, and I think I'm just tired of it. And so I'm definitely gonna gonna be off of him now that he is sharing time with Johnny Smith in an offense that doesn't throw the ball a ton. So I am out on both of those guys. Uh, Johnny Smith still carries a little bit of dynasty appeal. He is. Um, they're both decently young. I think they're 26 and 27, uh, ages respectively. So, you know, they're not old by any means if we're talking about tight ends, but, um, you know, that at least this 2021 season is going to be kind of rough for both of them. Probably look to buy them after this down here. Gronk, you know, Gronk is back with his man, Tom Brady, one year, 10 million, you know, at this point, Gronk's probably just a two tight end league um, starter for you he has a couple weeks here and there but just doesn't get the consistency with that pot passing offense going through Mike Evans going through Chris Godwin he's definitely an afterthought after them he can get you six seven touchdowns in a season but um, his better days are obviously behind him and you could say the same about Jared Cook except I really like uh, Jared Cook going to the LA Chargers in place of Hunter Henry you know if, if the Chargers don't bring in a top three rookie tight end, that being Kyle Pitts, Pat Fairmuth, or Brevin Jordan, I'm really interested in Cook for my win now dynasty teams because this is a guy that we saw when he was in a good offense with Drew Brees, he would get, you know, double digit touchdowns. And I think that he is not that big of a downgrade from Hunter Henry, honestly. He's older, right? He's going to be 34 years old when the season starts, so he's on the older side of being a tight end. But he is still uh, an athletic guy. He can still get it done. And this is an offense that throws a lot with Justin Herbert, or at least they did last year. Um, They obviously have Keenan Allen still there. Um, They have Austin Eckler. But but I do think this is an offense that um, can throw the ball and can get Jared Cook. Uh, 50 receptions for, you know, 550, 600 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. So I do think he's a viable tight end for someone who's probably going to be pretty cheap in your dynasty leagues due to his age. So let's quickly hit on some of the free agents that we're still looking for um, destinations, right? Um, I talked about Chris Carson not being signed yet. You know, this is a a guy that I've really loved in dynasty. I've had him year after year and everyone always says, oh, he's, you know, he's going to get replaced by Rashad Penny. He's going to get replaced um, this year. This is going to be the year that he loses his job. And he just consistently proves doubters wrong. And that's why I like him. And now he has to do the same thing again. He's going to be going to a new spot. You know, I would love for him to land with the Cardinals. I think him and Chase Edmonds being a one-two punch there would be fantastic. It's been rumored. He's, uh, you know, been visiting with the Patriots. I don't love that landing spot quite as much because you just have a busy backfield there with Sonny Michelle, Damian Harris, uh, no more James White. So at least that's um, a little bit better, but if he was there and he, we found out that he was going to be the starter and get the majority of the work, you know, those backs with cam do average uh, pretty good yards per carry just due to the dual threat ability that cam has. And you can't just focus on the running back. So You know, that wouldn't be the worst landing spot in the world, especially because the Patriots did run quite a bit in 2020 with Cam at the helm. So those are two spots that I'd like to see him go. Uh, Kenny Galladay, we've heard rumors of him visiting with the Bears. And then uh, tonight he's been with the Giants. Um, They're expecting the Giants to try and offer him a deal and not let him leave New York. So we'll see if that happens, if he is a New York Giant by tomorrow morning. Uh, But as of right now, he has not been signed. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, that, that's a name that you haven't heard quite as much. Uh, there actually is some rumors that he might go back to the Steelers. Um, maybe he goes to the Raiders. That's been another destination that people have have targeted him at. I would love to see him with Green Bay. I think that he's the type of wide receiver that would fit really well um, with a Devontae Adams um, in that offense with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. So let's see where he lands. But those are kind of the three big names that we're still waiting to see where they land. And and again, guys, this can all change once the rookie drafts hit. That's going to wrap it up for me uh, here tonight, kind of giving you guys a a quick overview of all of the free agents that have been signed thus far in this 2021 free agent frenzy that we've had over the past couple days and weeks. So, um, thank you all for tuning in. I will be back with Tom next week. We are going to get our schedules on track with each other. So, stay tuned for next Tuesday down the hill. Soon they the man come, they bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tongue in his tongue, we'll take our leave and go. Soon they the man come, they bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tongue in his tongue, we'll take our leave and go. He had not been two weeks from shore when down under our eight-wheel borer, the captain called all hands and swore to take, take that wheelman over. Soon they the woman come to bring us sugar and tea.